I've been speaking to J2R Demolition Managing Director Jonathan Williams for the best part of about five years now. In all that time, I'd planned to pay him a visit to find out what makes J2R Demolition tick and about the specific challenges facing a regional demolition contractor in the modern age. Sadly, we could never make our diaries synchronise and then, of course, Covid came along and all bets were off. But then serendipity and kismet combined. I was in South Wales on a filming project at the construction hub near Cardiff, where it turns out that the construction hub is actually the head office of J2R Demolition, so I quickly broke out the video camera and the audio equipment to commit our long overdue face-to-face -face meeting to film. Well, digital file anyway. And this is the result. Tell me about the beginning. How did J2R come into the... Um, so my background is a project QS on main contracting. Um, just got into it through my employer going into redundancy and starting up um, part-time really with uh, Cardiff Demolition, which were, which were great to give me an opportunity, um, but also taught me a lot about demolition. So I had a good four and a half years there. Um, I just decided that the time was right to set it on my own. And that's what I did. I jumped in my own canoe and paddled away. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously we're at the construction hub and, and Rob Morris Groundworks. Yeah. Explain to me how that come, came to be. Yeah, so myself and Rob got a bit of a long-term relationship um, through business uh, over it's been about 15 years now. Um, and Rob just saw an opportunity that we could basically be part of a, bringing different trades together to, to actually bounce off each other, work with each other and ultimately offer, offer clients a uh, one-stop shop from taking buildings down to bringing everything back up to slab level. Um, obviously that's extended now with the, the aggregates as well so yeah myself and Rob just thought why not. I think losing is a is a buoyant market at the time as well so um, yeah we give it a go and five years down the line we're um, still building. We've been talking to Rob today about things like <coughs> technology and um, sustainability and that kind of thing, and also about apprenticeships. Does that spill over into the demolition side of things? Yeah, well? definitely, definitely. We, um, my bottom is always work smart and not work hard. Um, so we've got our, our own robot as well, which we've uh, purchased, which is, which is a very handy tool. And whenever it does open a couple of eyes when it turns up in the back of transit, it's like people saying, What's that going to do? But it's an incredible piece of kit. Um, and, and everything else, you know, skid steers, everything that makes the job, you know, most productive. Um, looking into electric equipment as well, which, you know, does come in handy. Um, and, and we've used it several times in, in pharmaceutical strip outs in light environments. Um, so, yeah, so the, I think across the board, the whole company's technology and wanting to improve our methods of, of delivery. Is you know is a common a common factor across all the companies, and that's spilled over into the next two purchases. You 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 bitten the bullet and you've gone JCB. Yes, we're going yellow. Um, so yeah, nice visit up to the factory, um, which was an absolute pleasure to be to see. Um, you know the history from from the early days to you know the individuals that take you around the factory that joined as a an operator on the line just assembling, and now he's a manager of production. You know, it's, and it's got a true British feel about it. Um, you know, the quality of their products as well. Hopefully, we'll be we'll, be, we'll meet meet everything that we've seen up there. I'm sure it will. So, um, it, 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 
as a journalist, I'm supposed to be unbiased and impartial. Yeah. I have a warm feeling towards JTV, and I'm sure it is the British yeah. thing. You just, they just do things right, don't they? Yes, yeah, it's spot on. And just going to the factory, it was, you know, I'm a commercial background, I'm not a man with spanners in my hands and, you know, the mechanical side of things, but, you know, just seeing it and feeling it was, it was really is a special place up there. And, uh, yeah, so we got a 245XR and a 150X being delivered in the next two weeks. So hopefully we'll see those out and about busy very soon. So. And do you have work set for Yeah, it's plenty in the pipe- pipeline. Um, and I think it's, we just identified the need. So up until now, we haven't had a 14 or 15 tenner in the fleet. Um, but the last year, you know, a lot of schemes, you know, we're now in the middle of Manchester, London, where there's, you know, there's a lot of big industrial sort of demolition, you know, it's a little bit more bespoke, something's a little bit smaller. Um, so it's just for our needs, really. And yeah, I can't wait to see him out there with a couple of new attachments to come as well. So we'll be uh, ready to go. You mentioned you come from a commercial background. And, and you also said that you're a relative newcomer to demolition. Yeah. What do you bring to that? Um, I think the biggest thing is understanding your client's needs, and especially, you know, when you've got two QSs, but in heads, isn't sometimes it can not be pretty. So for me, I always try and, you know, I say openly to the clients, I understand where they come from, their side of the table. So if every argument was black and white, it'd be an easy world, but it's not. Everything's pretty much when it comes to final accounts is very grey on time. So you've got to be you've got to have a wide vision to what's happening around you and not just a narrow of me, me, me sort of attitude. So yeah, that's that's probably one of the biggest things really and just not being your usual demolition background of machine operator that's come through. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I just got a different approach and you know I'm not the the growler, the shadow, the screamer that uh, Guess what he wants that way. Yes, I, I like to work people and build relationships, you know. It's, it's interesting because that, that tends to be the template, you know, they come up through the ranks. Yeah. But you're, you're seeing it from a, a different perspective, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about relationships and yeah, one of the big things is just development of people as well. You know, we're not in a, an area of, you know, there's a huge pool of labour, you know, it's, it's quite limited or people are very connected to businesses where, you know, maybe you couldn't entice them because... I've been here for 20 years, I don't want to go anywhere else and wouldn't like to experience anywhere else because it's different. Um, so yeah, we've got a, a good a good base at the moment and we're looking to develop staff constantly really. So and that's getting the right jobs behind them as well, you know, not going for you know multi-million pound demolition schemes because you know hands up whilst we could commercially deliver it, operationally we're not strong enough to actually do that. So it's developing people coming through and making sure we get the jobs to fit them as well. So, yeah, we don't tend to... I like to push people, but you don't want to break people. And that's a, a big thing. Is that the ambition for the future, those, those bigger scale jobs? Yeah, definitely. We, we'd look into, from the outset, I always said small steps. I didn't want to go bullet the gate um, and set ourselves up for failure. So, yeah, as, as, as time goes on, people are developing, you know, and this. We've got supervisors out there that have delivered. Um, most recently, we had a million pound job, which are the first scheme of that size. That guy that delivered it was actually a soft strip labourer when he joined me. So we've assisted him and developed him. You know, when he said no, sometimes we listen to him. When he says no, sometimes we put our arm around him and, and help him along. Um, so it's just knowing people's limits. And, you know, I know that individual will come out 
into his next scheme so much more comfortable because he's delivered something on our scale and, and managed, you know, upwards of you know, 25, 30 people. Whereas um, back three years ago, he was the man with the crowbar, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, we've got nice, some nice young, young people coming through as well, which are hungry and lead by example. So yeah, it give us a, another five years or so. And I think, you know, my ambition is to increase the fleet of machines, you know, and that comes with workload. So we will get there. It's controlled, is the biggest thing. One of the things that struck me watching you from a distance is you, you've had a very clear brand yeah. from, from the outset. You know, the, the, the logo is very distinctive and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Is, is that all part of your commercial background? Um, yeah, you need to stand out. So, the, you know, the logo has got an influence from Rob and the Grumworks. You know, we adapted it and changed it a little bit, but we just wanted to keep a, a common theme. So, you know, whether we're out with demolition or recycling or Grumworks or plant hire, there's a common logo people sort of bring us back to where we are now, the construction of as less recognising we're all part of this um, collective of people. Now obviously we, we are on the outskirts of, where are we, north of Cardiff? Yes, yeah. yeah north of Cardiff. Yeah. The, the Welsh demolition market, or the South Wales demolition market, more, more specifically, it is fairly tight-knit, almost incestuous. It do, is. Do you go stray across the bridge or, or, or do you just keep yourself to yourself? Yes, we've done few schemes further field, Birmingham, um, Bristol's quite often, we go over there, but, you know, geographically is not far, you know, with the seven bridge tolls being taken away, you know, the transport is so much easier now, you know, you're sat on the bridge for half an hour just waiting to get through to pay you a couple of pounds to get over the bridge, um, and yeah, down Devon, uh, so yeah, we, we travel, um, I've recently got in with the chain of pubs as well, it was new, come over from the continent so we're following those all around the UK with the strip hubs as well um, so yeah naturally I don't know what it is with demolition boys they like to travel we always ask him where are we going away where are we going away <laughs> but it's ground workers you know they, they don't want to go more than 30-40 miles sometimes you know, that's a bit of a track for them so um, yeah we spread the wigs and, you know it's the right job at the right prices anyone will go anywhere and do you see other people coming the other way in from um, you, you have a couple. Um, it, it doesn't seem to be common, to be honest. Um, you do get a little bit frustrated when there's a job down the road of someone from far away that, and you think they haven't even contacted us. But you know, there's a lot of things with relationships, isn't there? People follow clients around, and you know, so it, you know, it works both ways. It's not just people coming in. You know, we go into areas, and I'm sure they say the same thing about us as well. Yeah, I, the weird thing is, I always. Wales seems to be off on one side. You know, I, I often talk about, you know, you get Manchester contractors working in London, yeah. you get London contractors working in Scotland. Yeah. We, we seem to be very good at going up and down. Yeah. I don't get the impression that anybody ever looks over this way that much, you know. I don't think people realise how, you know, Wales is considered to be a small country. So we've recently done a job in Hanford West. That's a two-hour track for us to go to Hanford West. It's in the same country all in the south of the country as well. So it's, it is actually quicker for our boys to go to Birmingham to do a job. So when you put it into perspective, you know, people, yeah, I think once you get to Cardiff, maybe Swansea, you know, you are talking a different country down, down there. People just got this thing in their head about, oh, I can't travel all the way down there. You know, and it is a different world, you know, the, the supply chain, everything is so much different down that part of the world. But, um, yeah, we like to travel. And, um, I think we'll probably spread the wings a little bit more. 
they work in the bubble and outside the bubble as well. So as someone from the branding, what what is it you, that you would say sets J2R apart? Um, I think it's obviously the, and I, I'd like to think our clients would think this as well. It's just the approach we have. You know, we're there to help. You know, Devilishing is a it's a niche market, especially in South Wales. You know, a lot of clients. You'd be surprised me contractors. You know, you'd be with the project managers like haven't done demolition job for five years you know it's not something they do every day so we're there to help them from from the start from you know the, the pretender stage and just assist them through the process really and you know just take the strain off of contractors clients private clients or just help them out really and just that want to approach rather than can't do approach do you have access to all of the stuff that we would consider I, 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 as I walked in, I noticed you've got an NDTG bag there, for, for yeah, example. Yeah. You know, there's always this accusation that you know most of the training in the, the demolition business mm-hmm. is just outside London, yes. which is not exactly on your doorstep. Do you have access to that kind of thing? Yeah. So it, no, that does cause a problem. You know, when NDTG is at Hemel Hempstead and our boys need to travel up there, you know, we normally extend them up the night before they're up there for a day. So you're going to lose them for a day and a half just for the training. Where it would be nice, you know, there's a lot of demolition that goes on in South Wales to see these maybe like satellite courses or remote courses happening around the country. And, you know, as opposed to 10 people travelling up the motorway, have one tutor that comes down, comes to the boys, which would be, which would be good. Um, so we've set up a demolition, we will be setting up a demolition apprenticeship as well. So we've got the Construction Academy. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that to you. So that's all to do with needs you know it's, there's a lack of training provision in the region um, links to colleges and um, I think the biggest thing is seeing the young people come through you know I've seen before where demolition is like people like to get into it there's a lot of times there's a closed door you know, with specialists you know, younger experience you can't come in and you know everyone needs to start somewhere um, so the construction have academy you know we can make people site ready to make sure they got the basic health and safety training before they go out rather than turn up on site with just a CSES card which you know is a degree of training but it's more a driving test isn't it a theory test yeah. when you look at it in reality how are you as, in terms of a sort of pool of, of people and young people coming into the, into the industry yeah, I'll be honest it's a struggle so if we used to sit there today and put two posts out one for a groundworks gang and one for a demolition gang I can guarantee that groundworks you would probably have tenfold the applications you would for demolition. It's just such a small pool and like I said earlier, people are so tight to companies they work for or um, just haven't really got any experience to, to offer us really, you know, is it, it's been the biggest struggle, I think, for me personally, in trying to get the right people into the business, you know, because you've got to if I was going to go maybe top of the tree and try and get in a very experienced demolition supervisor, for example, I need to make sure I got the workload that actually attracts him to it. And if the workload isn't there, or if we're doing smaller schemes, he's really not going to be interested. Whereas it is difficult, but there, there isn't an abundance of labour in South Wales. It really is a shortage, hence the reason why you know the construction academy. You know, we want to start generating our own people. Now, when are you expecting the um, demolition apprenticeship to start? Um, 
So the, the status that we want to get first is NFDC. So we want to be associated with that. We obviously met with the NDTG as we speak. Um, and I know there's been the Trailblazer scheme, which uh, the NDTG has run. Um, I'm not sure of the success or how much that's actually rolled out. To be honest, but I'm not really seeing anything come through in our direction. Um, and again, it's over there, isn't it? All up there, the other <laughs> side of the bridge, as we say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. It's frustrating, but you know, young people do seem interested. And when I've gone out to maybe speak in a school, especially youngsters, they just seem they're sponges, and they they absorb so much. But to be knocking a building down, you know, just seems that their eyes come up there. Whoa! It's like, can you blow it up? And you know, but there's a lot of. I think there's you know traditionally, I think it's in people's genes to be honest. South Wales it is a manual labour, so you'd be surprised, especially groundwork. As you go up the valleys, the wrong valleys, you'd be surprised how many groundwork gangs come from there because it's just in their blood to have a shovel in their hand. I'm not going to ask you specifically about um, J2R, yeah. the margins in the general demolition business are poor, aren't they? Yeah, and that, that, it's frustrating I find because sometimes the margins can be poor because the competition is there. So you, you're constantly fighting for work. And in South Wales in particular, you will see some schemes that get picked up. And the margin that people must be working at to secure that scheme is just ridiculous. You think, how? My background is obviously commercial, so I'm understanding costs. What is it going to cost us to deliver this job? You know, regardless of profit, how much is it going to cost us to deliver this job? And then you look at your profit on top then. You know, that, that's generally how I work. But when you ask the question yourself, how can they actually do that? You know, we don't need to be fighting over the work. We need to be working together. Um, you know, we're specialist trained at the end of the day. So, so, so we don't go through all the training. We do, you know, the training that goes into a gang over the year. You know, it's phenomenal. And the money spent on to make those group of people special and trained and, you know, understand that they can deliver work safely, you know, and all go home at the end of the day. Yeah, there's people fighting over jobs and, you know, delivering them at cost, you think. And uh, we are one of the most legislated businesses in in the world, you know. We have to jump through all these legislation hoops, all of which cost money. And yet, you know, as you say, there there does seem to be that race to the bottom in so many cases, don't there? Yeah, I think to inexperienced people, the two words that always spring fear into them is demolition, high risk, building's going to collapse, how are you going to stop that happening? And asbestos. And that's why we're there. And that's why I try and say to people that this is why we're on board, because we can deal with this, this is why we're here. If you don't want someone who's going to be specialist and deal with it safely, go and get your man with a digger down the road and tell him to knock the building down. But you'll see the repercussions of it, you know, and ultimately you don't pay minimum wage to solicit the deal. Because he's not, not if you want to get off the hook. No, no, no. <laughs> if you pay peanuts, you know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, we, you know, the business generally is, is developing. People are developing. You know, we're building a wider base of customers. You know, repeat customers, which is the most important thing for us. I just think that the next five years will be will be interesting in a market at the moment. I think is it can be very buoyant. It can be quiet, and it's generally just unpredictable. It's generally across the board, you know, 
we can have a week where maybe we have two or three tenders in, or like last week we had 15 in a week, and it's just like this roller coaster of where is the industry, where is like where is construction at the moment? Like, and and in, amongst, in amongst all of this, you're supposed to set your your, your expectations and your your resources, yeah. even though the market's yeah. doing this, you've got to yeah. try and do that all the way through yeah. the middle. So recently, we found a um, we had a gang who were recruitment agency um, they work for us for the best part of four or five months you can see there's something in them that would benefit to us um, so their contract with us ended um, they went on to a new job and we was at the period where all our boys were busy but we wasn't no subcontractors were coming in no no agency boys and they was like we'd like to join you and I was like I'd love you to join me but I gotta look after the, the people I've got at the moment. So when the time's right, we'll um, we'll give you a shout. But just feeling the need to have those additional resources, you know, like anything, whether it's a new plan or training needs, it's gotta be a need, isn't it? Before you actually commit to it. It's gonna be a knee jerk. So they're on board with us now, um, which is good. But um, yeah, the market at the moment, I just really can't gauge it. It's what I find surprising is the fact that we went through the whole threat of Brexit. We went through COVID with key, state, uh, key worker status. Yeah. You'd have thought we'd have, we'd have seen off the worst, and then we'd come out the other end and red diesel rebates gone. You pray. And it, it just, what more can we pile on the industry, you know? Yeah, it's just, it feels like we've just been hit from all angles, the industry. You just, yeah, you don't know, you know, the red diesel, for example. You know, we're, not, we're not a big demolition contractor by any means, but like, the knock-on effect must have to some of the bigger schemes. You know, just seeing a 50 grand job, for example, of straightforward demolition, that red diesel going away is, is a couple of thousand pounds just on a small scheme like that. So, you know, these power stations, things like that, coming kind of at the moment, the knock-on effect that must be absolutely I think phenomenal. My, my concern with that is not... If you've got a job coming up and you haven't yet started, and you can yeah. price that in, then fine, you know, yeah. and, and maybe the, the client may squeal a bit yeah. about the rise. My concern is the ones where, like, I mean, power station, for example, you take one power station, you'll do another two or three years, possibly. Yeah. Now, you, you bought it in, a, or you've got it at one price, yeah. and now you're paying however much more for, the, yeah. for your diesel. Yeah. Two or three thousands and thousands of litres a day. Yeah. On these bigger schemes. Yeah, yeah, incredible.